You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Back, back, run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. The correct Jordan Hare Stadium time is 8.17 p.m. Your digital audio device is tuned into the Orange and True podcast, brought to you cordially by Sonic Tools for the last time, harbored by collegeofmagnolia.com forever. I am Son of Crow, at Son of Crow 2 on Twitter, at Son of Crow on Venmo, to one side of me, at the amateur statistician, the engineer, Grillmaster Ryan Starrett, at Ryan S. Starrett. Who's ready to play Tennessee in the conference tournament again? To the other side of me giving you the full Fort Payne ASMR that you pay the extra dollars for, AU Chief. Well, Armogallus. Greetings, Orange and Truthers. Tonight we talk baseball, we talk a little basketball, we do a little football. But first is not trivia, it's baseball. Your favorite sport, America's pastime. The Brits call it rounders, we call it the national game. We're going to talk a little baseball with our resident baseball expert, Drew McCracken. Hello, Drew. Can you hear me? I, I can hear you fine, Drew, and, and the rest of the cast of thousands. The magic of the internet, Drew McCracken on the radio with us for the first time, live to tape. And Ryan, what's coming up for Auburn baseball? Well, we got another baseball game on, well, the day you're listening to this, more than likely. It's a Tuesday. Um... We're playing Tennessee again, right? So we think we kind of know how that goes in conference tournaments. We're already up in Hoover. So yeah. they were there. Yeah. You guys speak up. You guys sound sad. Oh, sorry. Uh, <coughs> Drew, tell us a little bit what we can expect about this Tennessee baseball team. Um, well, Tennessee is a completely different team from the team that uh, we saw at, at uh, Plainsman Park earlier this season where Auburn won um, all three games somewhat handily uh, you you could say with a outscoring of 12 to 5 uh, 2 to nothing win on game 1 5 to 2 on Saturday and then a 5 to 3 uh, really exciting ball game on Sunday mm-hmm. uh, to wrap up the sweep uh, I'm, I'm sure most of you guys were uh, watching a basketball tournament or something like that at that point that day <laughs> um, but I was uh, listening to it on my way back that's true most days yeah it, it, that's very true for us yeah. very true but um, this Tennessee ball club is a completely different ball club from that that um, Auburn saw um, like I said earlier at the beginning of the SEC season um, the good news for Auburn is that you're probably not going to see the two Garretts. Uh, Garrett Stallings is their Friday night guy, and um, he, he did a bang-up job against Ole Miss last week. So uh, you're probably not going to see something like that. The, these play-in games are kind of a crapshoot normally um, just because you don't really know who's going to be able to go. All, the rumor is Elliot Anderson is going to go for Auburn tomorrow. Um, and I really have not heard – Who's going to go for Tennessee? Uh, they're um, they're uh, coming into conference play. Their pitching staff was their the highly touted, um, um, really award winner for the team. 
Um, and it kind of got banged up in the SEC play, but it's starting to come back on here in the last part of the season. Nice. So what do you think? What's your prediction? If you had to, uh, if you had to make a prediction for this game, how do you think Auburn fares? Uh, you know, it's, it's – I'm going to go with what, what has been going for the previous part of the season. Auburn – has the pitching, they really do, believe it or not, uh, to to be able to make a run. The question is going to be, can they get enough offense to do it? If you just go back last weekend and, and take a microcosm of that series, Auburn's offense had two hits both and a run on both Thursday and Friday, games one and two in the LSU series, um, and were outscored uh, by seven and five. Normally, that's not enough. Um, you you want to keep them to about the three, keep teams to about a three four range uh, as far as run production. And you saw it work out for Auburn on Saturday. Um, the offense was able to respond, uh, and in that point in that turn, Auburn had three of their top four pitchers going: and Tanner Burns, Cody Greenhill, and uh, Ryan Watson, who's really come on this year after a good summer last year down in Florida. Um, so if if Auburn's pitching staff and offense can kind of work together in sync, I think Auburn could could at least get one win. Um, the bad news is is that the winner of this one gets Vanderbilt. Wow! Um, what so, a prize! Yeah, it's yeah. It, what a reward to to as your play in game. Um, the good news is though. Uh, that on the bottom side of the bracket, LSU and South Carolina are on the other side um, for a winner-loser bracket um, kind of – it's going to be LSU um, because South Carolina just doesn't have the manpower. But um, if you can get to Vanderbilt, then you're probably playing either LSU or, um, or Mississippi State. Uh, which isn't a prize by any any stretch, but it's it's a lot better than some other teams up uh, on the top of the bracket. I have a couple of questions. The first one is sure. Yeah, the first one is: Are there any uh, weird, wacky rule changes that are going to go into effect for the SEC tournament? I remember a couple of years ago they put a the pitch clock in for the SEC tournament. They tried it mm-hmm. out. Is anything like that happening this year? I don't believe so. Um, if, if they are, I have not heard anything in everything that I've read. Um, of course, it'll be just like SEC play was this year. You'll have the instant replays uh, throughout. Um, I think the main thing that everybody's worried about, uh, as it always is in Hoover this time of year and around the southeast, um, can can the weather cooperate mm. for five or six days? It looks like it might. Um, for the first time ever, it's just going to be insanely hot. <laughs> Um, but you remember a couple of years ago, games being called because of fog yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. and rain just plagues this uh, tournament. So, um, but no, as far as um, any rules or, or weird little twists to um, try to test the game to make, because it, it is a grind to get four games in. I think the first three days we try to get four games in. Um, so it's it's definitely a grind, and they try to tweak things, but I I don't believe we've got any weird wacky rules for this year. Yeah, and I got one last question for you: How many games, if any, mm-hmm. does Auburn need to really get a solid seed in the NCAA's? You know, this is this is the sixty four thousand dollar question. Um, I I personally think Auburn's done enough, but then last year I thought Auburn had done enough. 
to get a home regional and only to come up one team short, if you will, mm-hmm. or the seventeenth team to to in the tournament. Um, I I would feel a lot better um, if Auburn were able to beat Tennessee and go four and zero against the Vols this year. Tennessee has picked up a lot of momentum, especially uh, with a series win over Georgia um, and a series win now over Ole Miss, uh, which even you know even though they've slipped up a little bit here and there, they're still a name to know um, and a name that gets a lot of respect. I would like to see Auburn get a win, just not go one and done uh, up in Hoover. It'll, it would make for a very long um, five, six-day wait uh, as as bids don't come out until noon on Memorial Day. Um, so I would say Auburn's done enough, but uh, it, it just depend, it would really depend on the bubble watch for the rest of the country at that point if Auburn goes 0-1. Um, if if teams like Virginia Tech uh, and others around the country, some smaller schools, maybe steal a bid, maybe a Sam Houston State might be in line for a bid out of the Southland Conference. But uh, yeah, but lose in their uh, conference tournament. If they're in line to get a bid anyways, that steals a bid from teams like Auburn, Florida, Missouri. There's a lot of teams in this SEC tournament uh, for one of the few years, this is going to be a year of bubble teams in the SEC as they try to get to 11 teams and reach that maximum bid. Wow. Uh, no no conference has ever gotten 11 teams. Uh, of course, the SEC is tied for the lead, I believe, with the ACC with 10. But there's a legitimate shot that if you see Auburn, Missouri, Florida win tomorrow, you might be looking at a league getting 11 teams into the NCAA. Crazy. Wow. Guys, and that's that's pretty unbelievable. Running Ryan has one last question. Yeah. We'll cut you off, Drew. Drew, if if Auburn sure. makes a run in this turn in the SEC tournament, in your mind, what do they have to do right? Like if they go and win you know, four games here, what what did they do this week that, that put them over the top? Offense. Offense is the one thing that has plagued this team, both good and bad. I mean, if you if you just look back at the past couple of games, I've got the schedule right here in front of me. Uh, a loss to LSU five to one, a loss seven to one, a loss ten to eight, a loss eleven to two, six to four. Uh, I mean, you're you're looking at, at still young pitching talent, which that's going to happen. This was more of a growing pains year than uh, than I think we we kind of hoped as fans and as um, as people that follow Auburn baseball, but. You, you expected more games like uh, against Mississippi State, the 20 to 15 uh, slugfest um, to cl- to cap that series. Um, but you didn't expect 15 to two the day before or, um, you know, rolling down 11 to six to Jacksonville State. You didn't expect those kind of outcomes. Um, you expected your offense to be able to pick up though when you, your pitching staff struggled. Um, and, and it just hasn't happened. Um, so people like, you know, we, we've, um, we've talked and we've celebrated Matt Scheffler, Connor Davis, Ryan Bliss, uh, Case and Howell to a point. But you're going to have to have those contributions. Will Holland started to look a little bit hotter uh, here in the past couple of series. Um, you're going to have to get Edouard Julian somehow light a fire, to, uh, fire under him. Uh, Stephen Williams started to look a little bit better in the LSU series with a triple. 
uh, and, and driving in a double to drive in a run um, to um, on on the set in the Saturday game. So it, that's the main thing. If Auburn's offense can just get it started, then the pitching staff will start to believe and start to roll and start to get that confidence that they don't have to be perfect. Um, because that, at least in my untrained eye, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a pitching staff that feels like they need to be perfect. And these are, you know, 18, 19 year old kids that were playing high school last year. Richard Fitz, Brooks Fuller, Will Morrison, uh, Garrett Wade, and those guys. Those guys were pitching in high school this time. They'd already wrapped up their seasons this time last year. And now they're being not forced, but they're being put into positions of, of real regard. Um, and feeling like they need to be perfect because they don't know if the offense can come back from a yeah. two, three, four run deficit. Good stuff, Drew. Let's, Orange and Truthers, consider yourselves prepared. You can go in now to the SEC tournament <laughs> knowing exactly what's going to happen, what, what to look for. Thanks to Drew McCracken. Drew, it's been a pleasure having you on. Let's have you on again. Let's not wait for another baseball season to have you back on. It's a long off-season. Whenever you guys It's a long off-season. Oh, it is. It's way too long. Way too long. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Drew. Love the show. That was Drew McCracken. Uh, What do you think? Call in. We're at (laughs) 1-888-COLLEGE-OF-MAGNOLIA. It's 1-888-COLLEGE-OF-MAGNOLIA. And we begin. Really good stuff from from Drew. Professional our uh, podcast ever sounded. That was Drew McCracken on the Subway. Professional professional radio broadcaster. The Mama uh, Goldberg's Mama's Love Hotline. (laughs) Guys, that's that's my wedding ring you just heard slam on the table just then. It's okay, my foot popped earlier and I heard it through the speaker, so that's what happens when you are a semi amateur cyclist. (laughs) Feet just tear it up torn apart. Also when you get into your thirties, yeah. Competed in athletic. It events sounds as if any I'm, point in your life. It sounds like a machine gun. Is my <laughs> my walk to the bat to the bedroom or to the bathroom in the middle of the night sounds like the Battle of the Somme. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's pretty awful. It's it's like must can, just be a problem. Yeah. Artillery going on. I don't really have that yet. Now, Ryan, yeah. what you do have though? Listen to this professional segue. What you do have is a trivia question. I do. Oh man, great segue. I know. <laughs> it might not be too hard. Pro podcast. Last last week might have been a little too hard on you guys. Okay. All right. What What are you talking about? We like last time. Basically, last got outrageously it. Outrageously Crow, Crow up like halfway through. <laughs> name the six guys whose last names end in an S who have done. <laughs> yeah. All right. So last year is the exception. Gus is known for finding a primary running back and giving them most of the carries during the season. Trey Mason had 317 carries in 2013, the most in a Gus Malzahn offense for, for Auburn at least. Who holds the Auburn record for most carries in a season? Carnell Williams. You don't want me to just blur it out, right? No. It's not Carnell Williams. Well, it might you, be. If you know, we're going we're gonna to have Crow go through. Carnell had the oh, most in a through. carry, most Pretty carries sure in a game against Georgia. I know that. Yeah. That was. He also has the most minutes. carries in a career, but not in the season. Yeah. Oh. Because he was my go to answer because of that. I knew he, knew, I knew he had the most carries in a career. I didn't know that. I knew he had the most in the game. Because he, he was here for all four years and, and yeah, played the primary back for almost all. Played big chunks of all four years, but he got hurt so many times. And <laughs> right. Kept him so that keeps Ronnie from being it either. Because right. he also. The guy we're looking for is not far removed from those guys. Is it Kenny Irons? Wrong direction. Yeah. Oh, so it's Trey Smith. That's really wild. <laughs> no idea. It would be Trey Smith. Um, the answer is always Trey Smith. Heath uh, Evans. Heath Evans. <laughs> is it Stephen? No, is it uh, Stephen Davis? Close. Yeah, was, that, you're also uh, Rudy Johnson. Yes. Rudy Johnson. There, Rudy Johnson. 324 is the number. Rudy Johnson. Was close. One of, my, all, one of my first ever, before I even knew 
of Auburn before I really even knew that I wanted to come here, before I knew anything about this wonderful village on the plains. You knew I was it. tearing people apart on Madden with Jimmy oh, Johnson. Yeah. For, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. I used to go in. And that was the cool thing. He was already a Tiger. Yeah. yeah. The, the tiger I go in there and go, man, I don't know who the Bengals are. All I know is that I, if I run this one play on Quarterback Club 98 or whatever, I can just smoke people. I was at Rudy's first game in Jordan Hare. Uh, we came down. I came down with my friend that I used to come to football games with. And uh, uh, we came. another uh, guy we knew was with us, and he was big into recruiting. Uh, like, you know, 15 years of age or 14. Or Back when you just had the Inside the Auburn Tigers magazine. It was like Rivals. <laughs> or Rivals was like a brand new thing at that point. And uh, he, he, like, knew everything about all these guys. Max he was just Prince. going on and on about Rudy Johnson on the way up there. And I was just like, well, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't Whatever. And then we see him. This is the game where he carried, like, four guys in the end zone just trying to drag him down. And the last 20 yards in the end zone, he just drug them in. Ryan, have you ever seen the highlights of that game against Wyoming? It's pretty amazing. He's no that that, that was this game. No, and <laughs> really, have you not? You never seen Rudy Johnson? Because then I didn't I mean, know it no, was. But once you like, you were five, okay. so yeah. I, you I mean, get I on the YouTube's and look up Auburn versus Wyoming Rudy Johnson. That's a that's a good watch. He's probably one of the more. It's unfortunate, like forgotten Auburn oh, running backs. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. Sure. Well, he, he, right, he came right before Cal. He's only here a year. Right, he's only here a year. Um. And yeah, he he is he had forgotten. as productive of an NFL career as oh, any he was a star. Yeah. I mean, yeah, great um, on Madden. What I would say in terms of forgotten, this is a, that's a great question. Wait, when, he the, also went and played for a, a crap team too. Top five. Most, every Auburn player played for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, top five most <laughs> underrated Auburn running backs. He's up there. I would oh, put Ben be. Tate probably one A. Yeah, yeah, probably. behind Rudy Johnson. Probably. See, I, I I'm not sure I agree with that because I feel like he gets. He a does. good amount of respect. He, oh man, not he didn't I think get he does, as much when he was at school. I think he does. Not when he was here. You're right. But look, looking back, I think know. he does because he he's still remembered. I think the further we get away from it, people are not. It helped that he was in the NFL for he was seven in, or eight yeah. years as a backup running back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and for a decent team, the Texans too. Yeah, I, I I do think that it once we get as far away from him as we are from Rudy. That right, it'll be sort of the same situation where people right. don't really remember him. Also, being here multiple years helps him as well. Right, um, uh, I, I do the, think the, that's the Ruby effect is, is almost like with uh, Camarda's pain. He was here for two years. Camarda's pain's on that list. Right. Do you for do you sure. know how, why we ended up with a, a JUCO running back um, in two thousand? In two thousand, yeah. no, I, the, I don't. I don't know. Really, I know that JUCO was in two thousand. Okay, so. Um, he <laughs> all the computers, you know, Ryan, all the computers were set up to end in 1999, <laughs> and everybody thought that was going to be it. And so Auburn had you go running back. Yeah. Like, well, why not? The world's going to end. So we, uh, uh, Terry Bowden had just not recruited any running backs. We had guys like uh, I can't even remember the guys we had at this point. Um, Gabe Gross. And, and so we ended up with no running backs in 1999. Um, a, a man named Heath Evans, who played for the Saints for a while in the uh, National yep. Football League, who has some hot know. sports takes. He, yeah, he does. He, he's he's a local now too. Yeah. He's hanging around. Anyway, uh, he um he was a, just a fullback, but he ended up playing a lot of running back for us. Uh, and uh, not really carrying the ball a lot. We threw the ball a lot in 1999. Um, and then we got Rudy Johnson to come in the next year because we were, we just had to find a guy that would be able to play that next year. And he did so well, he was not there the next year in 2001, which was Carnell's freshman year. So, 
So um, he was almost a stopgap, but for a he was a holdover. He was the holdover. We went yeah. a year without a real running back, although Heath Evans would tell you that he is a real running back. So um, take that for what it's worth. And uh, and then we ended up uh, with Rudy for a year, and then then is when we started our continuity of uh, running backs. Right. Speaking of running backs, Ryan has a question that goes right into the uh, the show notes that I read. Yeah, just I figured we'd talk about running backs for a little bit tonight. Um, Something interesting, uh, I was kind of looking through. Gus is all pretty much, sorry, Gus Malzahn as running the Auburn offense, either as a coordinator or head coach, has basically always had an NFL running back on the roster. I thought that was interesting because he doesn't get any credit for that, but he gets a ton of flack for not having NFL quarterbacks. Yeah, right, but, or offensive linemen. Right, well, yeah. I mean, I guess some of that may just be because that's expected at Auburn. Like, you've, you, you, if you don't have an NFL running back guy coming out of the NFL or going that will right. eventually end up in the NFL at Auburn, then you're going to probably lose your job. And that's why some people are a little, uh, a little concerned about what we have on campus now. Which I think they shouldn't be. I'm a big – after this past year, especially after the, uh, the – the last couple of games of the season, I've become a bigger Jartavius Whitlow fan. I'll do respect to Jartavius. I don't know that he's an NFL caliber. I don't know if he is either, but he he's a good college running back, and I think there's enough talent. I mean, Auburn's still been recruiting running back really well. Uh, Have they? We've, ne- we've never been the team that's going to land five stars. Oh, I mean, even okay. well, even Carry On wasn't the five star running back. Yeah, I mean. So I'll just go through the list of... Uh, Cam Martin was a four-star running back. Right. So I'll just go through the list of uh, yeah. the, the NFL running backs, Gus's coach since he's been here. Ben Tate, Trey Mason, Corey Grant, Cameron Artis Payne, Peyton Barber, and Carrion Johnson. Mm-hmm. All of those guys are in the NFL. Yeah. Or, or were in the NFL. Mike Dyer got a cup of coffee in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I don't think he did. No. no. Did he not? Did he no. not even make a... I thought he made a squad. No, I don't think so. Rock Thomas made a squad. Yeah. Are we going to count Rock Thomas? Well, he was on campus. They threw a couple <laughs> swing passes to him. He didn't. He dropped him, a few balls. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, those, none of those guys were, you know, blue chip. I mean, Carrion's probably the most blue chip of those recruits, right? Uh, a lot Tate, of those guys are solid four stars. Yeah, I think they were all four star guys, pretty much. I um, mean, Cameron Payne was a JUCO. Yeah. Peyton Barber was a three star. Yeah. Right. Right? He, yeah, I think there were, and, and to be fair, I think there were concerns over both of those guys, and they tend to, they ended up right. being okay. And so Gus's biggest running back crew, which was Mike Dyer, was the, he didn't go to the NFL. He's the Captain currently Hallie. Mike Dyer is the he's a running back for the Texas Revolution of the Champions Indoor Football League. Okay, professional oh. running back. Yeah, him and Jeremy Johnson playing in similar leagues. Yeah. He was on the Oakland Raiders in 2015. He made was the he? Oakland Raiders roster. Was he? For, uh, he was undrafted. He was signed on May 11th, 2015 by the Raiders. And then he Cut. played that whole season on their um, on their practice squad or practice on their squad. roster. Okay. Practice and then he went to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Oh, yeah. I think I knew that. For two months of 2016. Hmm. That's where he didn't make a squad. Interesting. That our friends up north. The Great White North. Anyways, that's an interesting uh, note to bring up. As much flack as he gets for not having uh, pro quarterbacks, he's done a pretty good job with pro running backs. Yeah, yeah, he really has. I mean, again, maybe like Chiefs right, it's kind of expected. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, well. Like if, if we had, well, that's there's concern because we didn't have the 1,000-yard rusher. And if, if we 
carry on like we are, no pun intended, at the moment, I think that there may be some cause for concern. There'll be concern if if we don't have a guy on the roster who makes an NFL team. (laughs) That would be although although if Mike Dyer, if you don't think he did, then that 2010 team did not have an NFL running back on the roster. Because well, did Michael Dyer didn't make a team. That's true. Ontario McHale didn't make, a, didn't make a roster. Did have a thousand yard rusher that made an NFL roster. Yeah. Well, it's true, it's but true. he didn't play running back. Yeah. Well, he served the same role right. as running back. He's still doing that. Uh huh. No All right, Ryan. So, another question then. So, for this upcoming year, looking forward, we kind of hinted around it. Who gets the most yards? Who gets the most yards slash are we going to have a 1,000-yard rusher? I think it's going to be Booby Whitlow is probably going to get the most yards. And if anyone's a 1,000-yard rusher, it's going to be him. It's whoever stays healthy. I could see Cam Martin getting a lot of carries. I think I really do think he was banged up last year. He was your guy going into He was my guy last year. Last year. Real high. I still am right. high on Cam Martin. Poor Arthur's own. From everybody that I've talked to that knows Cam Martin, apparently he's the nice guy a lot. Uh, well, and sure. is a, hard, a super hard worker and was banged up. I've got okay. that on good authority that he was banged up last year and is really, really good and maybe the best guy on the team at running back. So we will see. The issue he always had was pass protection. So can he pass protect not being the biggest dude on the planet? Well, depends on our, – well, our quarterbacks may not need yeah. quite as much. Yeah, so that, that's the question. I, I don't expect Bo Nix to run for 1,000 yards, although he will run for a decent amount. Yeah, if Joey Gatewood's the quarterback, oh Joey Gatewood, do you think he could run for a thousand? No, I don't think we're, Joey Gatewood drive. I don't know that we'll. I just I don't know. I don't know that we'll run him that way. I don't think he's Cam Newton. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Will he run? Nate Marshall did it too. Will they line up in that weird fake extra point swing and call it the swinging Gatewood? The swinging Gatewood. Is what they'll call it. Oh, look at you! That's the whole point of that. And Ryan walked all over my shirt. <laughs> You're setting it up. I'm setting it up. Oh, man. It was good. <laughs> the Sphine Gatewood and Arkansas would be so mad. Different coach still mad at us because they're Arkansas. Ryan's still got to learn the art of the dad joke. The art. It's, you got to know when it's coming. <laughs> I got a little time. <laughs> you got to know when it's coming. All right. Moving right on to baseball. We've already talked a lot about baseball. Yeah, we talked a little baseball. I think, we, I think we're good on baseball for the we next We can't say anything months. that Drew didn't yeah, we, uh, uh That LSU win was good. Yeah. <laughs> Softball. We lost to Arizona. And that the season's over. Yeah, so that was that was a regional. Um, yeah. They were the two seed in the Tucson regional, which I didn't even realize how storied of a program Arizona is. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They were oh, talking yeah. about it during the broadcast of like there's been 30 women's college world series, and they've been to over half of them or something like that. Yeah. Did they, they haven't even been in the last 10 years? I can only name. I think a lot of people can only name one non-Auburn softball player of all time is Jenny Finch. And I think she may have gone to Arizona. Uh, that sounds right. Or did she go to Arizona State? One of the Arizona schools. But she was like the greatest. Didn't our former coach coach at Arizona State? I think you're right. Yeah. He did. I think that the Arizona schools are kind of like the Alabama schools for football when it comes to softball. That is kind I, of I was going to compare the uh, Arizona softball team to the uh, Fort Payne High School women's uh Oh, you know what? That's a Soccer great company. team. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I don't know. They've been to like half the, uh, uh, well, at one point they'd been to like half the uh, state finals in women's soccer, and then, but then they didn't go for a long time. But anyway, mm. similar situations. Everybody out there will get it. Yeah, everybody out there will get it. They should call themselves the Pain Makers. <laughs> That's free for Pain High School. Just hang your name to the Pain Makers. 
Yeah, um, so out. softball had a not a great year, but you could kind of go, hey, we yeah. didn't have a ton in the cupboard, and we made a regional. We had it a was, we, we had a good year compared to everything before our last coach. <laughs> right, right. So <laughs> actually, we had an amazing year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we ended up with a two seed in the regional. Um, they had a really rough stretch down the end of the season yeah. there, where they they lost like ten or eleven conference games in a row. Um, They're building consistency right. as a program. And, and really right now is when you start to see what happens when you change coaches, especially when there's a scandal. Like, it's hard to recruit that first year. Right, yeah. Um, when Mickey Dean comes in. But this, this team's still got a lot of talent. Um, they fought really hard uh, in this regional day. Lost the first game to Arizona 2-1. to one. Won the, uh, the loser's bracket game to get a rematch with Arizona. Yeah. And Arizona took an early lead. Auburn fought right back, and uh, ultimately, you know, wheels kind of fell off at the end of it. Yeah, they were shorthanded. You know, Ashley Swindle took a, a pitch off. The yeah, it took a comeback. Batted right ball the face. off the face. Yeah, off the um, face. Luckily, luckily, like it's nothing, but it was only a concussion. Right, could have been a lot matter. worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, In the words of Samuel L. Jackson from Jurassic Park, could have been a lot worse. <laughs> We were discussing Samuel L. Jackson deaths earlier. Oh, and and that one, Jurassic Park's a good one, but not nearly as good as Big Blue. No, Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea is his greatest death, right? Oh, it's got to be. Got to be. Spoiler alert for everybody. Spoiler for everyone who hasn't seen <laughs> Deep Blue Sea. Because really, yet. it is upsetting if you've been spoiled on that one. Because if you're spoiled, it's not right. as great. Spoiler alert: there's a bird, and it's uh, LL Cool J's best friend. <laughs> He's got a weird religious situation going on. LL Cool J. That movie is. And I know way too much about this movie. Yeah, that movie has a lot of problems. It's got first act problems. It's got second act problems. There's a lot of issues with Deep Blue Sea. That's one of those movies that, Ryan, you would see the preview as a kid and you'd go, holy moly, I cannot wait. It's oh, like Jurassic Park with I was there, sharks. I was there day one for that movie. That movie and then the exact same movie with gorillas was called Congo. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is the same. Neither were very good. Like, they were the same movie. Deep Blue Sea came after it. Star Congo Shane. is way better than Deep Blue Sea. Oh, well. Congo is way better. Both not very Except the Congo has a talking monkey, and that's kind of like. It's weird. They, it's science. Con- now, Congo, the book is great. Oh, yeah. The Super movie good. is odd yeah. compared to the book. Right, I you guys begin to explain Congo. how lost I am in this conversation. Congo is a movie. Michael Crichton <laughs> is, a- <laughs> is an American author, wrote a book called Jurassic Park. It made a gazillion dollars as a movie and Thanks so they began Steve saying hey Mike got any other books we're gonna make all of them into movies no matter how bonkers <laughs> they are and so the next one they made was one called Congo about monkeys uh, but not just and, any monkeys and, and is it like a gor- Jurassic Park for monkeys? killer gorillas mm. in the King Solomon's Mines King Solomon's Mines <laughs> there are lasers these lasers <laughs> are used for communication <laughs> and that's not explained um, there's a lot going on in the movie The Congo but, uh, just pick up a Michael Crichton book. Oh. You'll uh, be uh, entertained. <laughs> the books are super good. They have a lot of science in them, but they're really good. And it kind of makes you go, oh, yeah, this could totally happen. And then, like, you talk to an actual scientist or somebody, and they're like, no, this oh, could Robert, totally didn't, not Didn't happen. he die recently? Oh, he's, yeah, he's been dead. Oh, okay. Bob Weir at the uh, the game tonight. Oh, how about that? Uh, the Portland Trailblazers game. I don't know who's shooting a free throw, but that's Seth what I Curry. imagine. So how have these games been pretty close? It's he just, looks like Mike Bibby. That's Seth Curry, Steph Curry's brother. Okay. Yeah, it, make, it makes sense why he looks like Mike. Yeah, Seth. Yeah. It's, I think it's the headband. Um, so anyway, back to my Crichton books. And then we had another one. <laughs> 
<laughs> about living under sea, under the water, but I can't remember what it was and called. I don't think, yeah. Uh, Did they ever make Andromeda straight into a movie? Because they no, showed that. They, they made a TV back. series. Perfect. That makes uh, more that sense. I have yet to see, but. Uh, I don't yeah. think it's going to be good. Oh, man. Because they've only made. This is kind of like. There's a really great Paul F. Tompkins joke about movies about sharks, where he goes, <laughs> So they're making movies about sharks? Any good ones? Oh, just the one? Still? <laughs> uh. Well, well, Shark, the Sharknado, Sharknado, right? good? I don't no, wait. The one is Sharknado. No, no. no. It's kind of like... Sharknado 3? Same joke, but with Mike Crichton books. So they made another movie about Mike Crichton book. How many have there been that are good? Oh, just just the one? Yeah, just <laughs> the one. Just Jurassic Park 1, and that's it. The rest have been off the wall. I'm trying to think... Uh, I went and saw John Wick 3 this weekend. Oh, how was that? Uh, it, it was good. I still think the first one's the best, um, if you've seen that. I haven't, I haven't seen any of the John Wick. I need to make good. that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Keanu Reeves is a great guy, so it's... Uh, I don't know if he's a great guy or not. No, he is. He is. He's just legendarily a great guy. So He also doesn't age. Well. He has that Paul Rudd more, disease. No, yeah. definitely. Paul Rudd looks younger in Ant-Man than he does in the last movie. And he looks younger in the second Ant-Man than looks, in the first. He's younger now in uh, Endgame, if he's in Endgame. I don't want to spoil <laughs> anything for you guys. Uh, than he did in Clueless. Oh, man. <laughs> Clueless. Ryan Clueless was a movie... Coming of age movie about an American teenage girl, uh, starring Alicia, Alicia Silverstone, Silverstone, who that's not a name I know. Famously, Man. was best friends with Liv Tyler, oh. the daughter of right. Stephen Tyler of Aerosmith. A, a series of Aerosmith videos in the late night. Each worse than the first. And Each more creepy because it's your daughter than the first. <laughs> yeah. And she looks just like you, mm-hmm. like 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 just like you. Yeah, uh, and like the the movies are like. Or the videos are all about these are these sixteen year old girls and they're so great and like attractive. Wait a minute. First off, that's your kid. Second off, she's sixteen. Yeah. So basically, music for the last thousand years. Yeah. Well, all, also, it's all the same. There's a lot of Aerosmith that, if you want an American rock band who could not get popular in 2019, it is Mr. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Steven Tyler, Tyler and uh, and Joe Perry and the boys. Dude looks like a lady. Does not get recorded <laughs> in 2019. Great song too. Does not. Get Mrs. Recorded. Doubtfire doesn't get made in the in the year 2019. That's true. It's a great movie. I don't know. Great might be a strong. You know who is great? Jared Harper. Jared Harper. Yeah. Put on a show at the NBA Combine. He did. Wasn't even invited originally. I didn't. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't see how he did it. I watched a little Combine. He had. Um, not a great show. He didn't get a ton of minutes because obviously he wasn't right. one of the premier guys. He made all of his free throws. Oh, well, there you go. He made a couple of threes. I think he missed a lot of threes. But he didn't take any two-point shots. Um, well, a couple of assists. I've been a couple of steals. Yeah. Um, He's not going to be able to go to the basket in the NBA. But, man, he... No. Right, like, he could... No. Yeah, he could only barely pull that off. In, in terms of measurables, the, he did the full combine measurable deal, and he was at or above... Everybody else. Like, he was in top three or four on everything. So what you're saying is there, there's going to be a team that's going to be like, this guy's a steal. They're going to be a team that goes, this kid is 5'11", yeah, but his wingspan is 6'5". That's pretty good. 6'5". His wingspan's bigger than dudes. He doesn't look that long. There are sweep oh, the floor. Oh, no. You look at him again, he's long. His, his arms are pretty long. He, uh, his wingspan is longer than some dudes in the draft who are 6'4". There are some dudes in the draft who are 6'5", who have the same wingspan as him. Does that make him an and endomorph or an ectomorph? I forget how that goes. I don't remember how that works. Yeah. It means he's probably missed his calling as a really good uh, rock climber. I, I have a pretty pretty big wingspan. That didn't. See? I was, I was actually a pretty big dude, Chief. I was actually pretty good at blocking shots. Yeah. So. 
Jared, not that uh, much taller than he is. <laughs> yeah, five eleven. He's five foot eleven, which made him, which was a big deal because he was taller. Six than three. That's down. like four inches. Yeah, like this much. He was. He measured taller than what's his name? LSU's point guard that everyone thought was a normal uh, size guy. Waters? Yeah, he, he actually measured taller than him. Yeah. So it kind of is like he may just be skinny. Remember when so we look when shorter than he was actually trying to is. tell us all that he was six foot? Well, yeah. Well, it's kind of like Kyler Murray. Everyone thought he was 5'9". There are people who thought he was 5'9". And then he goes to the combine, he's like 5'11". And you're like, oh, well, maybe just because he's not muscular or big, he actually just looks smaller than he is. That could be. That could be a Jared thing. But he has a 40-inch vertical, Jared Harper. pretty. pretty. Which he was top five in that. Um, yeah, do basketball just, players run forties? Like, what's, what's their speed mm, test? They do a they do a, a, a three line test kind of. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I didn't see what. I don't even know if he ran. Uh, not all those guys do that. I don't even know. If, I don't know if he did it. I know they played a ton of five on five. Yeah, there's not a lot of those. No, some of those measurables. They do bench really press though, much because uh, well, I don't know if they still do, but they did for a while. Because famously, Kevin Durant bench pressed like he couldn't do the two twenty five. He couldn't do it once. It's heavier than basketball. Why do you got to be able to put it up? Well, and that's the thing. You got to be strong. There was this weird fake uh, controversy that Kevin Durant couldn't bench press 225 pounds. Oh, is he worth a top five pick? Blah, blah, blah. And I bet you can't squat much either. Yeah. And guess what? Because he's so long. Ball ain't heavy. (laughs) Squat is always uh, always hard for me. Only, like I said, like not even 6'3. So it's like. The long legs is not, yeah. not fun to go up and down. Anyway, in basketball, you just got to so put the ball in the basket. Where we're going with this is uh, Jared Harper's now projected to be uh, picked by some places. Yeah, he's taken in the back in the second round. Guys, if, if Auburn ends up with two players drafted in this draft, it's big. And one of them is Jared Harper. It's big. I don't think anybody would have predicted that at the beginning no. of the year. No, I, I wasn't predicting it two weeks ago. I wouldn't have predicted Chuma and Jared. I would have maybe told you, I uh, maybe told you Austin Wiley and Anthony. Or Austin Wiley and uh, I would say Chuma. I would have said Chuma, but man, after maybe after like Maui, I would have said Chuma, but that's about it. We were pretty high on so, Chuma going. Uh, I yeah. think uh, it was after last week's episode where Chuma went to the combine and then pulled out of the yeah, combine. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, can you, no, it was during last. We we were talking we're about, about this last week. Yeah, we yeah. talked about it last week about yeah. how I, Chuma must have a promise. Um, must he must have been told by a team that you're not going to get further than this? And this is promise season. This is a con. This is a constant thing on NBA Twitter where you'll people will leak that so-and-so's got a promise he's gonna be top 10. Um teams lie to guys all the time. So a lot of times if you see a guy make a decision based on a promise, it usually means he's got more than one. So two might have more than one promise. He might have been told by two or three teams, you're not making it past 25. You're not making it past 42. It seems like just about every mock draft or expert that knows where Chuma's going to go, they always say that he's either going to go to Philly or to Boston. I've seen, those, seem, those seem to be the two favorite yeah. uh, destinations. I've seen them. Philly, Boston, and San Antonio. Those are the three that I've seen. Oh, I saw, I'd seen I saw Phoenix, too, I saw Atlanta. in Atlanta. Yeah, that's true. I've seen four. It's it basically oh, anybody that's got the picks. But doesn't Atlanta have like four. three picks in this draft? Atlanta's got so many picks. Atlanta's got five Three picks. in the first round, two in the second. Two, two first, three second. Two. Okay. Yeah. Although, yeah, uh, anywhere, not, not at the top of the rounds like we thought they were going to be. The 20th pick Sorry. to Boston. <laughs> yeah, I think 20th to Boston's where the ringer has him, or where SB Nation has him. And I think that's the earliest I've seen him. I will, I will get an Okiki uh, Boston Celtics jersey. Look, I'll tell you right now. Jersey. It'll I've match said, your hat. I've said it before. Right. If Jared Harper gets drafted, I will buy a Jared Harper jersey 
I don't know, I'm not wearing tank tops. I'm not buying a jersey. Just because they're $100 now. Can you get yeah, a G League Jared Harper jersey if he starts in the G League? Uh, probably. Probably make that happen. Probably figure out somebody to make that for us. Um, if, not, if, if it's not Adidas <laughs> or Nike, I'm going to make it happen. I hope that if he goes to the G League, I hope he's in Dallas. If he's in Dallas, I, I know some folks who will go to every Dallas Legends game if he's on the Dallas Legends G League team. But yeah, the best case scenario for Jared is a two-way contract um, going undrafted. I'd rather go undrafted if I'm Jared Harper than going at the end of the second. Just because the way the NBA contracts are... He's going to get better money if he does that, right? Yeah, you sign a shorter deal, and then you can re-sign your second deal earlier, which means you can get... A bigger contract. Yeah, get more money, especially yeah. if you You can go to perform. a team that you want to go to as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And Jared will get offers. As, as good as Jared has done. See, this is the thing about Jared Harper. He's so good at basketball. Like, yeah. he may not show up and, and wow you with how good he looks in a uniform. Like, Zion's going to do that. Yeah. Zion will beat some teams just getting off the bench. But Jared, in 5-on-5 five five basketball, is as good as it gets. Yeah. And so Jared is, once they've let him play five on five, all of a sudden he goes from, he's invited to the G League thing to one of the stories of the NBA combine, just because he is good at playing five on five. Yeah. Well, and you spread that court out. I mean, the wider point, lane, wider lane, wider three point line. Jared Harper has more places to drive. He's a, Jared Harper is an NBA player. At this point, everybody should just give up on their ideas that Jared might come back next year. Oh, God. <laughs> Jared's not hey, Other thing I want to say, Jared Harper was uh, wearing some really sweet uh, Kyries at the Combine and at the G League thing, and a different pair every game. So, Jared's not coming back to Auburn. Jared ain't coming back to Auburn, y'all. Jared, Jared's looking all right. Anyway, well, that's, that's this might be a short episode for us today, guys. Well, you got, uh, you got your uh, real... Meat and potatoes with Drew's uh, Drew's talk. More there. content in that ten or fifteen Man. minutes than I think we've given in two Some months. Serious so. sports. And, and Ryan uh, has written out our hammer and nails uh, segment, so he thought he, we probably weren't going to get off track. But we talked about Michael Crichton tonight. So we I did talk about Michael Crichton tonight. That was the most important part of this. I think he's actually a uh, climate change denier of some sort. Well, he he is past. So I think well, it was. Yeah, he might have been a denier of climate change. Which is weird, as sciencey as he was. Uh, well, well, it was uh, more of a alarmist denial. I think. Oh, I, I don't know. Coming from a guy who wrote a book about monkeys well. that could talk and like <laughs> control the weather or whatever else they did. It just wasn't Planet <laughs> of the Apes. Such a wild, bro. Wild thing. You, you should, this makes Planet of the Apes like, man, that could actually go down. Saw the movie, Planet of the Apes, wheel AK forty sevens. Man, that's gonna happen. I always no. got outbreak. No. Imagine uh, that, but with laser guns, and you've got quasi what Congo's going to Around the same time the Congo came out, Outbreak came out. Also oh, dude. This is, it's not a for some Kramer, reason, when I always think of it. Late 90s, early aughts. I think Outbreak was actually the number one movie when I was born. Probably. There you go. That sounds right. There's a, it's a good racist flick. monkey. Yeah. Not a racist monkey. A racist, racist monkey. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and Dustin Hoffman. There was this Renee Russo, I think, where the studios would release like they'd like a theme, yeah. Where like volcano, remember volcano? Oh yeah, yeah. And, and Pierce and, Brosnan, uh, Dante's, Dante's Peak. Peak was Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, they yeah. came out the same year, and then yeah, Armageddon and Deep, Deep Impact, Impact came out the same year. year. Yeah. There was another shark movie that came out, Deep Blue Sea. I can't remember what Probably. it was called. Um, and then the monkey movies, Outbreak. And, and well, Congo. I think what would happen like, is why not do both. Like, there's these things weird. in development, and uh, and the other studios like, oh, they're putting theirs. We're going to put ours into production too. We need a monkey movie. Yeah, 
Well, Find any script with monkeys. Yeah, John Wick 3, though. Great movie. Not, well, great. Uh, it's, good. it's good. It was an enjoyable time. It yeah, was a I haven't seen it. I'm, assuming, I'm summarizing. It was an enjoyable time. Uh, I still haven't seen Avengers Endgame. John Wick shoots a lot of people. I could see. That's not a spoiler. And, and kills a lot of people. Yeah. That's kind of what they're he does in films. Did they they're touch a dog this time? Does he do it with a pencil at any point in this There's movie? There's a dog in this movie. Uh, no, no pencil system. Okay. It's a Joker move, isn't it? That's a John Wick move. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Guys. We done? Yeah. We're rambling. If you want to watch some cycling, the Giudice Italia is still going on. Uh, I still think Primo's Rollerblade is the guy to beat, but he's not, he's not in pink right now. An Italian guy's in pink, which is kind of his plan. He, he lost the pink jersey on purpose, so this Italian guy would do more work, wear himself out, and then rope a dope. Roglic, who's Slovenian, I, I called him I called him Slovakian last week. Man, He's Slovenian. They, I know. Big no no. Big no no. Um, oh, how about hmm, Dortmund? Just oh gosh, Dortmund did its part. They did their part. Well, they did their except part. for when a game. This is a soccer shot. segment. I'm gonna head on out. Look, it's back. Yeah. What? Can, and I read another a couple of stupid think pieces about how. They, they they should let the big teams just go and nah. start their own. Oh yeah, have you league. seen about the the Champions yeah. League? They should let them go because <sighs> for the first time in history, the top leagues in Italy, Spain, Germany, and England and France all had the same winners in two years in a row. Oh. But that denies the fact that it, England and Germany's was literally down to the last game. Like, yeah, yeah. England super almost didn't, it, and it, so did Germany. Like Germany needed. Uh, Dortmund screwed a game up. Yeah, against Schalke. Against Schalke, yeah. and then and then in England, yeah, obviously, famously, uh, Liverpool ties Everton. So a couple of rivalry games are the reason why. Yeah, that have and, and yeah, like, it, to me, it, it, it's frustrating with Dortmund though because uh, it isn't like PSG what, was a foregone conclusion. It just felt like this was. Dortmund's year, oh, they need to win it because Bayern struggled so hard at the beginning. It may never happen. Like and they, and they, they're like laden with old dudes that are all yeah. leaving now and they're going to revamp this year and they're going to run away with the league. They're going to have a, a bunch of dudes that Chelsea didn't want and go play for Bayern Munich yeah. and be amazing yeah. for Munich. So what what about Ajax? Ajax? Ajax won. They won the Dutch League for the first time. Watch that game. Or maybe it was the double that they... They won the double for the first time. First time long Yeah. Um... But yeah, Ajax did uh, did real well. I, I don't know the I want to buy Champions League is thinking about doing this weird restructuring where they're basically another league. And so uh, teams that are in the Champions super League, Champions league now I want to call it a Super League. And and so and really the way it looks like just call it is if you don't get in it this year and like qualify for it, you'll never get in. You'll, again. You're probably never. They're going to close the league again. off with no promotion. There's like an eight percent chance you can make it in. It's really so stupid. It's like a P five G five thing. Like, so exactly, yeah. you can be the best of the G five, but you're probably not getting it. Well, and they would remove themselves so, from their local leagues. It which would, is, well, that's not so that's dumb. not clear right now. Right now, it doesn't seem like they're gonna they're still gonna play in their league. Uh, well, why would league. the Champions League not let anybody get in? Because they don't want Everton to do it next year. Well, it's, it's not that you can't. It's that they're like a uh, UCF fan over there. Mm. <laughs> it's not that the, it's not that you can't. It's that the <laughs> they're guaranteeing. Almost every almost yeah. everyone almost is every back slot. in it. Yeah, there's yeah. like eight Everton trying to get a uh, home and home series going. <laughs> yeah, have a two to one. Like, <laughs> they won. UCF doesn't want. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about a little bit more about that next week. So I'm sure we'll be a lot more soccering in the summer when there's nothing to talk about except for the uh, United States women going for their third World Cup champion. Oh, their fourth 
World Cup championship. Oh, I ate a big blue bay tour and the hound yesterday. It was like a great day yesterday. Happy birthday oh. to Chief. Oh, yeah, it was Chief's birthday. And you ate a big blue bagel and the hound? Yeah. Oh, that's a good birthday. Yeah, it was pretty Did good. Did you get tiger melt? Uh, no, no. I oh, breakfast. I, breakfast. I got the big blue plate. Oh, yeah. Scramble with cheese. Yeah. Bacon. What'd you get on your bagel? I got a, uh, well, I ordered. Okay. I, I've been having some trouble with the bagels at the Big Blue the last few times. I ordered a uh, cinnamon raisin with the cinnamon raisin walnut oh, yeah. spread on it. Um, I got a mystery bagel. Ooh. It may have been like multi multi-grain wheat something. Sure. It was fine. Was it everything? I, it wasn't everything. No, I wasn't you know that. No, I would have barfed. Um, oh, I love everything. I'm, I'm not, the, the trouble I've had before is I kept ordering plain with uh, strawberry cream cheese. But the strawberry cream cheese would be tainted with their onion cream mm. cheese or whatever, and it would. Yeah. See, oh, yeah, you bite onion. into it. I you're love like, ah! onion cream cheese. I'm well, an everything you wanna, bagel you with a mix jalapeno with your cream strawberry cheese guy. cream cheese. No. Okay. I'm an everything bagel. I know people who put the everything bagel seasoning on oh. just all kinds of things. Can't just kind of wild. But I love everything bagel. It was delicious. Big Blue. Big Blue Bagel, if you want to send some free bagels to the yeah. My gosh. Well, Big Blue, we love I will eat the whole thing. We'll, get out of those we'll, things. We'll listen to The Grateful Dead on air if you want us to. I would mind do that without them. <laughs> we, should, we should probably watch like the 78 uh, <laughs> concert at, at uh, Cornell and make Ryan watch it. <laughs> and just review it on Only air. watching Captain Ryan. Oh yeah, that's oh. happening this summer. Anyway, uh, birthday next ball. week. Oh, it's Ryan's birthday next no, week. No, no it's, it's the podcast, podcast birthday, birthday next week. Oh yeah, we're gonna try to play bocce ball this week. Hopefully, Wednesday night. We'll see what happens. We have a special segment next week. Oh, oh, we have a sandwich That's right, the sandwich spotlight sandwich of legend. Oh, yeah, I've talked about it in a long time. If you don't know what we're talking about. Then you haven't been here long enough. Yeah, you are a you are an OG <laughs> Orange and Truther. Record live on location next week. We could. Will they let us? Surely. The one on that, they don't what care. What are they gonna right. say? Anyway, that's been that's been your boys, uh, Ryan, Chief, and me, Son of Crow, the Orange and Truthers. Oh. And we'll t- we'll catch you next week. Bonus.